0: Well, good morning, Crestwick Baptist Church. It is good to be back with you, and I encourage you to turn with me again to Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Uh, Last Sunday, if you were here, or perhaps watching from home, you will recall that we went to Chapter 1, and the title for the sermon was Delivered. And we consider together verses 3 through 5, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Delivered. And now today we're going to flip over to chapter 2, and the title for this sermon is Crucified. And our text is verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, crucified. Uh, my wife Allison and I, perhaps perhaps I've shared this before, I can't recall, Um, We were missionaries in Portugal back in the 90s when we were teenagers. Back in the 90s, we were missionaries uh, in the north of Portugal, lived near the city of uh, Porto, and I think it was the summer of 1998, I had an invitation to speak at a conference in Ireland, and so before we, we departed Portugal, I... I turned off the circuit breaker, the electricity, to our apartment or second, on the second floor, and I turned off the, the main water line, and we made preparations, and off we went, and we were gone for maybe two weeks. I think it was mid-July. And at the end of two weeks, we returned uh, home, and we approached the front door of our apartment, and I took the key from my pocket, and I turned the lock. And opened the door, just cracked it, barely a few inches. And I nearly fell to my knees as this stench uh, emitted from our apartment. I had turned off the electricity. I had forgotten to empty the fridge in the freezer. Sausages. Chicken. You get where I'm going with this. Uh, The stench was overwhelming, and uh, there is no other word for it. It was uh, completely nauseating. Where am I going with this? I'm thinking of Romans chapter 3, because Paul says something in Romans chapter 3 that is actually quite offensive. Uh, He declares there that um, all have turned aside. Turned aside from God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. The word actually means useless. The term in the original actually refers to rotten food. That which stinks. That which you can no longer consume. That which is of no use, no worth. All that remains to be done is to throw it out. I told you, Paul is very offensive there in Romans chapter 3. All have turned aside. Together we have become worthless. He tells us right there in that same text, there is none who does good. No, not one. He, he adds injury by declaring there is none righteous. No, not one. And so there in the third chapter of Romans, he paints paints a very dark portrait of the human predicament. And he doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't offer any niceties. He makes it very clear that we do not need Christian pop psychology. We most certainly do not need uh, some sort of self-help recipe. We do not stand in need of chicken soup for the soul. We stand in need of a Savior. Because our condition before God is absolutely deplorable. It begs the question, it's a question that is, it's asked on numerous occasions in Scripture, and it is this. How can I be righteous in the presence of God? How can I, someone who is a sinner, how can I, someone who has never done, as far as God is concerned, in God's estimation of me, someone who has never done anything good in my life? Something who, someone who is completely unrighteous and someone who in the estimation of God has turned aside from him and has become worthless. How can I be right? How can I be righteous How can I be accepted by God? I dare say that is the most important question in the world. I dare say that is the question of questions. Given who I am and given the extent of my sin, uh, given the extent of my depravity, how can I be considered right, righteous, in the sight of God. The answer hangs on five statements. Okay, are you ready for these? Um, I'm after someone this morning. Five phrases, and I pray by the Spirit of God, this is clear, that by the Spirit's help, this resonates, that it it sinks home, and that the, the eyes of our hearts are truly enlightened to perceive the glory of the gospel in Christ Jesus. And so the answer to the question rests on these five statements. The first is this. We must obey the law in order to be righteous in God's sight. That's a given. We must obey law.